0: Hey, I told you to move the beans. All you have to do is move it. Move the beans. Hey, move the beans. L-O-V. This is the Move the Beans podcast. Stories of ordinary habits that have extraordinary results. Here's your host, Dan Baticola. Hello, podcast world. Welcome to another episode of the move the beans podcast episode 32 another sunday morning drop hope you're having a great day if you're listening to this podcast early morning on sunday maybe in lieu of a church service we know that there's a lot of live streams going on but if you've chosen to click into the move the beans podcast on our sunday morning we welcome you or if you're listening to it some other day of the week as you kind of catch up with everything welcome to you as well. We are starting a new Sunday morning series called Clarity in the Chaos because there's a lot of chaos going around in our world today, a lot of chaos in our hearts and our minds and we want to have clarity to that. I saw a quote by a pastor, Andy Stanley is a pastor down in Georgia and he says this, in times of disruption, which we're all having, in times of disruption, clarity is the next best thing to certainty in the times of disruption. Clarity is the next best thing to certainty. And I I love that quote because we're all going through a time of pause and disruption and things aren't going our way and we want certainty in all that we do, but we're not going to get certainty right now. It's not in the timing of what's going on. So really what we want is clarity and that's the next best thing that we really Really can hope for. And so we do that. And so we're going to be talking about clarity in the chaos. And we're going to go through a book in the Old Testament called the Book of Habakkuk or Habakkuk, whatever kind of pronunciation. If you kind of grew up in church, you might have heard that. It's a small book in the Old Testament. We call it the, a minor prophet. And we're just kind of going to jump into this book to see how it can bring some clarity in the midst of our chaos that we're going through in 2020. And I think as we kind of get through this podcast and um, maybe the following weeks, you're going to see how God can kind of orchestrate some clarity and some peace in the midst of chaos. And so we're going to jump right into the book of Habakkuk chapter one, starting in verse two. Listen to these couple of verses that we're going to kind of talk about this week. It says, Uh, Starting in verse 2, how long, Lord, must I call for help, but you do not listen? Or cry out to you, violence, but you do not save? Why do you make me look at injustice? Why do you tolerate wrongdoing? Destruction and violence are before me. There is strife and conflict abounds. Therefore, the law is paralyzed and justice never prevails. The wicked hem in the righteous so that justice, is perverted. Now you got to listen to and, and understand that Habakkuk was a what we call a minor prophet, minor in size, but not in content or importance. Let's make you know that distinction. We, we don't want to fall into the mistake of assuming that just because it's a minor prophet, it handles minor issues, or because it's in the Old Testament, old meaning possibly it's irrelevant. We, we don't want to do that. Or it's, if it's too far removed from having any practical application for our lives. And in those verses that I just read, if you kind of look at the context of what we were were talking about back in the time of Habakkuk, and then kind of see how that truth can kind of transform us in 2020, and I think you'll kind of see that there are some correlating truths that kind of go from his lifetime and his application to ours as well. What we will discover may surprise you that the prophet Habakkuk will give us a glimpse of God, that He is not only holy, but he's also practical in nature. He's going to meet our needs. In order to do this, we need to set up the book and its context because context is everything when reading the Bible. So Habakkuk himself, and not much is known about him other than that he was a prophet. A prophet was someone chosen by God to Relay a message from God to the people of God. Usually, it was a warning, like "wake up" or "get right," or "judgment is coming" because you guys are screwing up. We all need friends like that, right? Other than that, we know very little of Habakkuk. Nowhere else in the Bible do we see his name. Just in these three chapters of the book of Habakkuk. Now, what Habakkuk does uh, in these three chapters is gives us a glimpse of God in His heart as He peers and looks out into the circumstances of the day, circumstances. Others see, but don't see God in them. And that's where we see today's current situation be so, so overwhelming when we read the book of Habakkuk at times. And the key to the role of the prophet was to understand that the message of God was always more important than the man of God. So the message was more significant than the man. Now, there's a point of application for each of us today. This message or purpose that you've been given is bigger than you. Now, remember that in the times of arguing on social media or going back and forth with the pandemic, the message or the purpose that God has given you is bigger than you. That's why it's so important that you understand your purpose and what God has put you on this earth for. Now, what would church look like if we simply understood this, right? In a way that impacted the world, especially during our current times, maybe, maybe there'd be no more mega churches, right? We've seen a lot of mega churches kind of blowing up over the last couple of years, or maybe less of them. There definitely would be less flashy celebrity pastors, right? Maybe there'd be more pastors kind of doing a podcast, you know, in their Studio 33 underneath the tub in front of a, a blanket for soundproofing. Maybe, maybe that's what a studio looks like. I don't know. Just, maybe just talk of Jesus and pointing people to the cross. How different would our world look like? What would that look like? It's kind of hard to imagine because it is so far removed from what's really going on. Now, the message is more important than the messenger. God looks for people like that. In Isaiah, another book in the Old Testament, chapter 66, verse 2, it says, These are the ones I look on with favor, those who are humble and contrite in spirit and who tremble at my word. In other words, at the core of the nature of the call, of a prophet, there, there's an understanding that the one who does the calling and plays itself out in our behavior is greater than us, greater than the person, right? So, so you, you got to remember that as we kind of move forward. Now, the historical context of the book of Habakkuk is it's uh, during the reign of the king uh, Johiakim. and so he was a real person in real historical space and time. You, you can look him up, and, and so. Habakkuk is a contemporary of the prophet Jeremiah and during the time of Babylonian rule. So the kingdom of Babylonian came and ruled over the nation of Israel. And so we see the problem right off in chapter one and verse two. Here we see the problem. It says, how long Lord must I call for help? But you do not listen or cry out to you violence, but you do not save." What he is pointing out and is at the surface of what the problem is, is there's a gap between revelation and experience. So how, how can he reconcile what he knows of the character of God, a good, powerful God, with all that he sees around him? Probably what we are experiencing right now, right? With our pandemic, we look around, we see what's going on, we see job loss, maybe we're experiencing that ourselves. We see disease, we see death, we see everything just kind of blown up and we, we kind of wonder, Because of what we know about the character of God, he's a good and powerful God, and we see all the mess that's going around. And so we are in a state of maybe confusion or maybe chaos. So how can a good, perfect, moral God who is in control exist in the midst of chaos and violence and disease all around? How in in a collapsing economy with moral decline, food shortage, violence, social injustice, wholesale disregard for God's law, how can that God, that good, powerful, loving God exist? That's the question that the prophet Habakkuk is asking. How could that God exist? Now, just from that list, you might say, not many things have changed since the Old Testament time of Habakkuk, right? We see that today. We see disease, right? That's obvious, the the coronavirus. We see violence, right? I mean, just a couple days ago, what's going on social media I, I saw a video over and over and over again and these two men father and son were finally charged today uh, an african-american man was running down the street in a in a subdivision he was jogging apparently and and these uh two men father and son were kind of chasing him around or following him around and started a fight and literally just shot him on the street it was on video the the video is really just horrific and you, you kind of see what really goes on in the real world and. Like I said, I think those two men have finally been arrested today after a couple of days. But why, why do we see that violence? We see, we hear about food shortages, right? My my son Samuel works at a local grocery store, and they're starting to ration off burgers and meat. You know, I've heard that at another grocery store, talking to a manager, you know, the economy is kind of tanking a little bit. God's law and God's moral law is just kind of out the window. There's there's tons of chaos. These are the issues we face today because of the, the corona thing, right? And, and you will notice in these verses, the problem is internal. That's, that's the difference. You know, we're looking outside. We're looking at all the issues that are outside of us. And we're complaining about everything that's happening. And yet these verses really point to an internal problem. In other words, this is not only a problem in culture, but it is, it's a description of the people of God in Habakkuk chapter one. It was a problem from within. Now, how far off were the people of God at this time? They they were far. But you know what, folks? It's just like us. It's just like me. And it's just like you. You see, God took his people, showed them his goodness, promised them a future, gave them a hope, protected their hearts. We see that in Exodus chapter 19, verse 4. He says, you yourselves have seen what I did in Egypt and how I carried you on eagle's wings and brought you to myself. Now, if you obey me fully and keep my covenant, then out of all nations, you will be my treasured possession. Although the whole world is mine, you will be, for me, a kingdom of priests and a holy nation. Now, are they what God describes here, right? No, they're far from it. And it was an internal problem. It was a problem from within sight. I mean, listen to these words again from the prophet. How long, Lord, must I call for help? But you do not listen, or cry to you violence, but you do not save. Why do you make me look at injustice? Why do you tolerate wrongdoing? Destruction and violence are before me. There is strife and conflict abounds. Therefore, the law is paralyzed and justice never prevails. The wicked hem in the righteous, so that the justice is perverted. And when we look at Habakkuk, we, we see problem is twofold. In, in verse 2, we see that. God's timescale is off. How long is this going to go on? He asked. God, I'm on a kind of a quicker schedule than you, the prophet says. How long is this going to go on? So, so God's time scale is different. And then we see the, the second issue in verse three, God's tolerance. The prophet says, why do you tolerate injustice and wrongdoing? Why do you tolerate that? So God's timing is off. And God's tolerance is wrong in the, in the eyes of the prophet. It's very contemporary questions for 2020. And, and you thought the Old Testament was too old to learn from or to really get anything out of. How long is this going to last? I mean, we've been asking that question, right? People have been yelling and screaming at our politicians. How long are you going to lock us in? And how long are you going to lock us down? How long are you going to prevent me from working? And so we, we look at our the people who supposedly we think are in control. And we yell at them. We ask, how long, how long, how long? And then we ask the question, why do we tolerate injustice? Why, why do we just sit back? Why do we take it? Why are we wearing the masks? I mean, not me, but why are we wearing the mask? Why are we, why are we not going to work? Why are we putting up with all these restrictions? Why are we doing that? How long are we going to tolerate this? So let's see some observations kind of for today that kind of give us some application. First, it would be helpful, I think, to follow the prophet's examples of calling on the Lord for help, right? How long, Lord, must I call for help? He, he, he calls on the Lord over and over and over again to God. How long, Lord, must I call for help? And second, we're to be thankful that God does not answer our prayers, all of our prayers, when we ask for them in our time frame, right? Remember, the delays from God are always purposeful. He may be dealing with our selfishness or our disobedience in our lives. He may be shaping us to trust him more. He may be saving us from ourselves, quite frankly, right? Or maybe, maybe, just maybe, he's preparing us for a time to come. Now, now what do you think God is preparing you for during this time, as you prepare for something that he has you for, as you, as you put in the work on a daily basis, as you look and lean into him, as you trust him more, what do you think he's preparing you for during this time? He's giving you the free time, right? We all have a lot more free time. I don't even know what day of the week it is most times, right? But what are you doing with those hours? What are you doing with that time? All throughout scripture, there's a call for people to wait upon the Lord. And so we need to understand that, first of all. And usually God's delay throughout history is used you know, for men and women to, to call them to repentance, to call them back to God. So when we hear or speak, God, where are you? Why do you sit and do nothing? Remind them, or yourself, more importantly, or myself, we should be reminded of the cross, right? Remind ourselves of the cross. He has done something and he's continually doing something in and through us because of the work that his son did on the cross. God showed his kindness to those who deserved his wrath, you and I, in order that we might give them time, he might give them time to come to repentance. Aren't you glad for that? I know I am. I am over and over and over again. Aren't you glad that God gave you time to come to faith in him if you have. And if you haven't this morning or whenever you're listening to this podcast, you have time today because you're still breathing. You have time to come to repentance in Jesus Christ and say, God, in and of myself, I cannot get to heaven. So I accept what Christ did on the cross. And I want to apply that to my life. Not only will you find forgiveness of sins, but a a whole life here on earth, a full life, and then eternity in heaven. Aren't you thankful that God is patient when you fail? So if if we are thankful for that in our own lives, we need to understand that he does that for everyone. And maybe this time period in our life, in the life of the, the world and everyone in it, is a time for people to really sit back and understand who God is for the first time, maybe perhaps, and understand what he's doing in their life. So when you find yourself getting frustrated with the world, which I do over and over again, I'm getting so frustrated, but we need to be reminded that as in Habakkuk's age, like in ours, God is in total control. In the midst of your chaos, there's clarity in understanding that God is in control. In the midst of the violence, in the midst of the confusion, in the midst of the moral decay, in the midst of the the things that don't make sense. God is in control. God is over everything. God is in control. There is clarity in the chaos, in the chaos. Now, to add to this conversation, I invited kind of a a buddy of mine, a special guest to the podcast. Uh, He's an attorney. His name is Joe Agnello. He kind of dabbles in real estate and business law currently, but he was in the kind of the criminal law end of being an attorney. And most importantly, to kind of add to this conversation, not the experience of, of of being an attorney, but also he's a follower of Jesus Christ. So let's welcome in my buddy Joe. The beans. Hey, Joe! Thanks so much for uh, joining us here in the Move the Beans Podcast. Uh, how you doing? I'm doing good, Dan. How are you? Good, very good. So uh, Joe and I go back a few years. Not that ma- not, not that many, actually. Joe and I met through my older brother Mark, and actually a. a kind of a crazy situation, but through the passing of my brother, Mark. And so yeah. a Joe was and still is in a group of guys that my brother hung out with, kind of like the Italian kind of mini mafia, right?
1: So the, the Christian version.
0: Yeah, <laughs> the Christian version of the <laughs> Italian mafia. So my brother passed and uh, these guys were super just uh, nice to kind of fold me into that group of, uh, you guys get together, you cook and uh, we do bocce ball every once in a while. So it's been a cool uh, way to kind of get to know my brother's friends and just kind of the guys that he hung out with over the last decade or so. So it has been really good. So that's how I know Joe and Joe is a lawyer, correct Joe? That's right. Yeah. So give us kind of maybe just who you are personally and then kind of what you do professionally too. So you're married and how many kids yeah. do you have? Or
1: I'm married, many, uh, I've been married for 16 years. I got a high schooler and I got a junior higher and, okay. uh, my wife and I came to the Lord about uh, 20 years ago, and okay. she may be a little bit before I did, but uh, for me, it's 20 years this summer.
0: Oh, wow. That's awesome. Yeah. And so, you know, I wanted to have Joe on, and we talked a little bit beforehand because we're talking as we kind of click into this new series called Clarity in the Chaos. And so in our culture, Joe, as we kind of kind of catch you up to speed for this podcast, but we're, we're taking a look at the book of Habakkuk and in the Old Testament and just finding a clarity and really that clarity for followers of Christ is to lean into the person of God and know that he's still in control. And so I thought it'd be really cool on these Sunday morning podcasts, which I try to do uh, more than just me talking is I want to enter into a conversation with someone who is walking with Christ, has a relationship with Jesus and is in the midst of chaos, maybe for this series himself, because when I think of chaos, I think of, uh, you know, one of the first images that came to my head was kind of a law or being in the courtroom and sure. kind of being an attorney. And so, and, and I guess we'll kind of just jump into how do you find clarity in the midst of chaos, in the midst of your profession, and then in the midst of kind of what we're going through in the world today for the last few months, this pandemic. So so how do you do that? How do you kind of, how do you kind of figure out where you're points of clarity are, and then how do you kind of move forward with that?
1: Yeah, well, that's, a, that's such a great question. So certainly in my profession, nobody comes to see a lawyer because everything's going great. Nobody yeah. really, you know, that's the first thing on their list to go see a lawyer. Now, uh, there's a lot that I do that, that doesn't have a lot of chaos on the surface. Transactional work, estate planning, it's a little bit slower pace, and, and mm-hmm. there's not a whole lot going on. What I've done in a big part of my career was uh, both prosecution and criminal defense. And talk about chaos. um, Yeah. When you are are looking at somebody who's about to, uh, doesn't know whether he's about to spend the next, you know, a big chunk of his life in in prison or if he's, um, he he just doesn't know, doesn't know what's happening. Or maybe it's not even that. It's just the fact of having a record now. Mm. There's so much. Uh, chaos that's happening in that. And as a criminal defense attorney, I would say that I, I shared the gospel with overwhelming majority, if not all of my clients. Hmm. And some were very receptive. Some were very resistant. And you could see how the the foundation, the rock of Jesus Christ in some people would all of a sudden settle all the noise of the chaos around them. Mm. And even though they don't know what's about to happen, and, and I've stood there with clients going up before the judge and moments earlier praying, we don't know what's going to happen, Lord, but we're giving it to you. And seeing somebody, it's one thing about to, to, to have these thoughts in your own mind, but to see it happen in somebody else that you're watching is, is truly insightful. It is the rock of Jesus Christ only that that will bring clarity to the noise that 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 happens in uncertainty,
0: yeah. now do you think i'm I'm just maybe asking this question for maybe our, our listeners out there are kind of like going, okay, so this person's on the verge of maybe being sentenced or his life or her life being changed drastically. Now, do you think and I know a way I would answer it, and I don't think it's a it's a bad way at all. Do you think, like in that moment, they were kind of like, Okay, I got my lawyer, but I need a little bit of Jesus too. So let's maybe pray. Yeah. Or was yeah. it something deeper and then just maybe God getting a hold of them in that moment?
1: Yeah. And th- that certainly happens too. We call them the jailhouse conversions, right? Everybody's yeah. <laughs> a Christian. Um, it, it, you know, time will tell. Yeah. But, um, that's the only way. Time will tell. But I've certainly seen in some people an immediate grasping on uh, sort of like when uh uh, the disciples were all leaving Jesus and he, Jesus turned to them, uh, turned to the 12 and said, and what about you? And Peter says, well, where else would we go? We've come to believe that you are the Christ. You are it. We don't have anywhere else to turn. And I have seen that in people's eyes now. I And I've seen that. I mean, that has gone through my head a million times during this current pandemic during the 2008 uh, financial crisis when I was a brand new Christian, when 9 11 hit, where else would we go? He, he is the only thing that we can hold on to for certainty.
0: Yeah. So, and in, in like w- when I was uh, talking earlier in the podcast, I, I, I mentioned this whole idea of understanding that God is in control. And, and the prophet uh, Habakkuk was like looking out into the world that he saw, and it was just complete chaos and disease and destruction and immorality. And he was kind of like calling on God. And through that discussion, he kind of came to this conclusion that although there's stuff going on and there's stuff going on in our hearts, that God is still in control. And so as I look at your job and, you know, even if a person kind of just kind of goes through the motions in that moment where the lawyer wants to pray with them, which is probably pretty rare. I I don't know if that's a pretty commonplace, but it, it sounds like it might be pretty rare. But even in that moment. You know, you're being faithful to your savior in what you yeah. are called to do as a professional in that setting, and so, kind of take me through the steps of, you know, do you do you like worry for your clients? I mean, like, do you, oh yeah, are you, you're on the oh, verge yeah. of like, I mean, how emotional do you get into it, and then how is that chaos? How do you control that from a professional standpoint? You know,
1: well, oh, I'll, I'll be honest, it, it's actually very intense. I, I would be very emotionally involved with with. The fate of my clients. And, and honestly, I don't do a lot of criminal defense anymore. I did it for years and, and I just don't do a lot. It, the emotional toll is, um, is pretty high. But, you know, I, I actually didn't really want to be a criminal defense attorney. Uh, I was a prosecutor. I left that to open up a solo practice, really to focus on transactional work. But, but, but I knew the criminal uh, court system and so I continued taking those cases when the economy fell apart well that's that's what I did uh, overwhelming majority of what I did mm-hmm. in criminal defense at that point in time and I, I know for certain that that I, I mean well I would say that it, it I would imagine that's exactly where God wanted me because I was able to share the gospel with so many people that never would have uh um uh, If I wasn't doing criminal defense, I never would have had contact with those people. Yeah. And um, I don't think there are many lawyers. I don't think I'm the only one, but I don't think there's many of us that are sharing the gospel with our clients. Mm. It just doesn't, it's not the norm. Yeah. I've had clients tell me, I can't believe I'm sitting here praying with my lawyer. (laughs) I've had that said to me multiple times. I'm sure. Uh, Yeah. So... And you know what? That's exactly what uh, Habakkuk was saying, right? He he couldn't believe that this would be happening to them. They were yeah. God's chosen people. What? How could that be happening? But isn't it interesting that God says, "I am going to do something." I, I, I mean, it seems like God's not even around. But He says, "In uh, what is it?" Verse verse five. I'm doing a work in your days. You would not believe if I told it to you. Yeah. God is in supreme control of every single aspect. And we forget that. We look at what's happening around us, like Peter is looking at the, the, the roaring sea, and we get fearful.
0: Yeah, absolutely.
1: Trusting the promises.
0: I shared this quote from uh, Pastor Andy Stanley earlier in the podcast before you got on here, and it says, in times of disruption, clarity is the next best thing to certainty so in time disruption clarity is the next best thing to certainty so in our world right now we are all basically in a moment of disruption you know mm-hmm. our our lives stopped for uh, at some kind of a level you know some people aren't working some people are working some people are working from home some people lost their jobs some people lost a ton of income kids were at home you know like people kids, students had to come home from school and on campuses so there's a disruption in in everyone's life and then what we really need is certainty that things are going to get better but we're in kind of like this waiting period and clarity is really the next best thing yeah. to that certainty and so clarity from a biblical perspective is kind of what you're talking about this idea that we've been chatting about in this podcast already is this idea of knowing that god is in control and knowing that he's doing something that brings clarity to the chaos and yeah. and you you see that in even in the the day-to-day of your profession, whether it doesn't really matter what kind of direction or what field you're kind of doing your law, you see that. But also you kind of see it in the big picture, you know, in this this pandemic that we're all going through. We see that we're all in a disruption. We're all searching for certainty. And then clarity is this thing that we can kind of lean into and trust by faith. So as a, you know, as a dad, as a husband, you're still working. What brings you clarity, uh, obviously your relationship with Christ, but what does that look like throughout the day-to-day of just finding clarity within this massive pandemic and this disruption that we're all going through right now?
1: Yeah, so that's, I think, where the rubber hits the road, right, with with this, w- what, what we believe about how we're supposed to behave in the crisis. When you go home, when you go home, and everyone has had a a rough day in one way or the other how do you deal with that are you going to be I, I i mean i'll tell you my my natural bent is that um, i'm going to be aggravated if things aren't going my way like, yeah. Um, I, <laughs> yeah. i'm going to be aggravated yeah. and,
0: typical lawyer
1: my, there you go <laughs> and that's going to come out yeah um, my wife is an er nurse and the stress that that is on her shoulders every single day uh, that she's at work. She's dealing with really sick people. The virus is present. She doesn't know if she's bringing it home to her family. She Mm. doesn't know if she's getting it. She's had friends that have been sick. She's had a cousin who's a nurse who died. Tragedy has been happening because of this. And there's a lot of stress. My Mm. kids are doing uh, school from home. They never expected to do school from home. All of our yeah. kids are doing school from home. Nobody expected this. They're not hanging out with their friends the way that they, they should be, as uh, uh, the way that we think they should be at that age. So um, in, in life, we focus on all these details that are we see as life not going the way that it should. But that's not God's plan. God has got such a much bigger plan. It, there are people dying every single day that don't know the lord yeah. they they know who he is but romans tells us that he has revealed himself to everyone they know who he is but they're not dying by you know they haven't put their faith in him and this yeah. is the true tragedy so mm-hmm. why did jesus say uh when the people asked him about the tower of Siloam that fell over and killed those people and, and they said was it their sin or their parents in. I I think I'm remembering that correct. And he said, I tell you the truth. If you don't repent, worse will happen to you. The bigger picture is God is okay with tragedy. If its ultimate end is, is going to bring about the salvation of people. He loves people so much that he will, you know, he didn't create the broken, the brokenness of the world. We did. We created that in the garden, and and we perpetuate that, every single one of us. God didn't do that, but God will allow the the brokenness of this world to destroy our plans for this life so that we could actually find true life, so that we would repent and put our trust in him.
0: Yeah, and I know you said something which makes sense to me, and I know probably most, if not all, Followers of Christ, but maybe someone who's listening out there today, and, and when they heard you say, you know, he he would accept the tragedy if it led to someone coming to faith in Him, yeah, and that's a difficult thing. Even as I heard you say that, when I know it's true, but like you said, that's where the rubber kind of hits the road. That's really difficult to kind of juggle in our mind as as human beings, right?
1: Well, uh, what does Paul tell us in Colossians? He says, uh, "Keep your eyes not on this world, but on the world to come. Mm. There is another." world. And it's not this one. This one is broken and it's passing away. And God wants us to be in the next one with him. And he's not going to force us to be there. He's going to, he wants us to be there. And sometimes that requires peeling away all the comforts of life, Uh, what he did with Israel. And that's the whole thing that Habakkuk is talking about. God says that I'm going to do something that you would not believe. He is going to restore people through allowing an invader to totally destroy their society. And he is going to redeem those people and refine them. And and that's what he did. And, you know, why wouldn't we believe that? Because our way wouldn't be like that.
0: We wouldn't
1: use tragedy to refine people and restore people. That's yeah. not our way of thinking.
0: Absolutely. And not only did you share some good truth there, but you also were a, a spoiler alert for the next few podcasts because ah. you jumped ahead <laughs> in the book. So that was good though. So if anybody's wondering, you know what's happening already. So in, in your profession as an attorney, now, you know, when I think of attorneys, I think you guys are always, you You guys are kind of sharp mentally. You you always have to be kind of one step ahead. Attorneys you usually think, think they are. Yeah. Oh yeah, that's true. Yeah, and you, <laughs> so I think they are. I mean, you mean, you kind of got to think ahead. You got to think of that right. next question. You got to think of maybe the answer that you're going to get and then kind of how to, how to play off of that. So obviously I think you're probably a pretty thoughtful guy. So you're always kind of playing those mental gymnastics in your mind of what's going to happen next. So does that type of personality and that kind of trait help you see clarity in the chaos or does it, does it overwhelm me at times? I mean, because bottom line is you are human too. So yeah. you, you said you kind of jumped into your client's lives, maybe a little bit too much and maybe it was stressful and you brought it home. Um, but is that like the typical, like, are you finding clarity most days or are you overwhelmed by the chaos with all the stuff going on in your life?
1: Well, I, I, I'll tell you the more time that I, that I spend in God's word in the morning before my day starts, the, the more clarity I have. that That is 100% for certain. The, the more that I skip that in the morning or, or I'm just rushing it, well, then the more I'm trying to rely on my own thinking about what's, what's coming at me that day. But I'll tell you, it's easy to get overwhelmed. All of us can. If yeah. our minds are not focused on Jesus Christ uh, and, and, and with the understanding that he really is in control, I mean, all we have to do really is we look at all these things and we we get overwhelmed because we don't understand what this virus is. And we can tell that the doctors don't understand what this virus is.
0: Yeah, absolutely.
1: Constantly changing. We don't understand what's happening with the economy. There's a lot of things that just don't make sense. And a lot of the actions don't make sense. But really, nobody knows. Nobody, are we doing the right thing? Are we not doing the right thing? The only thing that we know for sure is that Jesus Christ is in control. God is in control 100% of the way. He knows when he's going to bring an end to this. You know, just look back in history to, to the 1918 flu. So we're still here. Society is still here. Now, I'm not even saying that these are the same things. I, I don't know. Uh, this may be, end up being worse than that. Uh, maybe it's going to be way less than that. We don't know. But that's the whole point. We don't know. God knows.
0: Yeah. I uh, mentioned a quote last week in last Sunday morning's podcast. And I said, if attention is the new form of worship, because I think we all are giving our attention to something, especially and it, probably in a negative way, especially with all the stuff going on in our world today. If attention is the new form of worship, what are you worshiping today? Because whatever, whatever you're giving your attention to is what you're worshiping. And so I love what you said. If you're not getting up early or getting into God's word and really setting the tone for your life, that's the attention that you're in you're, uh, the direction of your life for that day, especially. So if you are uh, giving God the attention, I think for the most part, your day, even though there may be chaos, will be filled with some clarity because you have that understanding that, as you have been saying over and over again, that God is in control. And no matter what you're going through, you can have that peace and that understanding that he's going to kind of see it through that. So that was, that's kind of a great kind of just a great jumping off point here. Like, okay, so get into God's word, find some clarity. Do, do you find as you get into the office now, are you, are you guys, because of all this the, kind of the new rules and the new way of life here, is there even court going on or or what's going on? How are you, how are you working as far as like,
1: well, it, it's really not. And, um, I, I have. I, I understand that some courtrooms are doing some uh, some virtual hearings through through uh, one of the Zoom or Teams or something. You know, one of those platforms. They're actually doing some hearings. None of mine are. I have a few probate cases pending, and uh, I, I don't. Everything's getting pushed out. Um, yeah. Uh, I have another civil case, and it's just getting pushed out, and uh, no court.
0: So would this be a great time to like rob a bank or something?
1: Uh, no, because jails are still there and it's still wrong, <laughs> and so there are still
0: consequences. So. Absolutely. Oh my gosh! I, I just figured I would throw that one question out sure, there so sure, sure. if I can. So now, what do you think about? Let's talk about chaos. What do you think about them letting like really violent criminals out of jail during this time? What it, was that all about? And what's your opinion any on sense. it? It does sense. It's
1: so absurd. So a yep. friend of mine is, is is a warden at one of our uh, state prisons, and people protested his house with his some kids at home, and it, this is insanity. Look, if we the virus is both outside of the prison and inside of the prison, so saying that you should let them go because of the virus, well, that makes no sense. The virus yeah. is outside of the prison too, so it, that just doesn't make. Rational sense whatsoever. But, you know, when we break the law and have these consequences, the consequences don't go away just because there's another danger out there.
0: Yeah. Okay.
1: That doesn't make any sense at all. And I'll tell you what, I do a lot of prison ministry and I love sharing the gospel with prisoners. Prisoners, people that have broken the law, have a keen sense of being a lawbreaker a lot easier for them to understand the gospel, I think, Hmm. than somebody who hasn't faced the reality of being a lawbreaker. And um, it's a lot easier for them to see that they're a lawbreaker before God. Yeah. So I, I, I love the prisoner. I love sharing the gospel with them. I love helping them. I love helping people that get out of prison. I do a lot of that. I love seeing people get restored. But just saying that let them all out right now because of the virus. It's just ludicrous. It doesn't make yeah. Sense at
0: all. And then, and then on the flip side, they're throwing people in jail who just are for simply opening their business. I know, right? Yeah. And so, it, so it just doesn't make sense. It no, and I, th- I think and I think as I talk to people a lot as as a pastor, and people are like kind of calling me or asking me questions, and and that's like the one issue that I've heard a lot is. Okay, they're letting out violent criminals and then they're throwing out moms at parks. You know, they're throwing moms in, the, in that went to their park, but to the park with their kids and they're throwing her in jail or they're throwing that. You know, I, I think she got out today, the, yeah, uh, the lady she, who owned the hair salon. Yeah. So, yeah, so she, you know, she was in some trouble. Um, and so it just doesn't seem right. But can I always have to remind myself and then maybe the folks I'm talking to that the world is not right? Right. And the world is in a constant state of chaos and sin because of a lot of different reasons but uh, ultimately for us personally we have to take ownership of our own sin and realize that in and of ourselves we can't do anything and even in the midst of chaos and confusion in the world there is hope and there is clarity that we find in the person of Christ as you said again that he is in control and you know it, it sounds like a broken record but you know as I say to people and then I have to remind myself a lot because I'm 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 always thinking my mind is always going like, what's going on? This is not fair, this is injustice, and so I got to remind myself that God is ultimately in control, and so that's where we as Christ fathers really have to rest, you know yeah. and, and kind of just kind of move through that day there without bringing it home to the kids and to the you know to the rest of the family, our wives, especially your wife, who is on the front lines of all this, you know
1: yeah you know you you said something about about Jesus being hope and and that is the that I really think is The key that makes us the salt and light of the earth. Jesus is hope. It's not just that he's in control. That's true. He's in control. But you know what? He is the hope that this isn't it. That chaos isn't the rest of eternity. This is temporary. Chaos is here in the broken world. But in the world to come, that Paul tells us to put our eyes on, there's no chaos. And I, if we look in Revelation 1, or 21 and 22, the end of the story, and we see this peaceful stream. I, my mind always goes to that stream that flows through the tree of life. I, it, that is an amazing picture of calm uh, and peace, because the world is now submitting to God, submitting to Jesus Christ and that's what there is great incredible hope but that hope is found only in jesus christ it's not going to be found in a roaring economy coming back it's not going to be found in a vaccine it's going to be found in jesus christ himself
0: yeah absolutely and i think that's a that's a kind of a great way to end this podcast kind of on the person of Christ and what he's done for us. And Joe, thanks so much for joining us on the Move the Beans podcast. I really appreciate your insight, man.
1: Oh, thank you. I love being here.
0: Yeah, I would to uh, just the fact that we got to know each other over the last few years and just over the course of this podcast, understanding who you are a little bit better and what you do professionally and personally, uh, how God is working in and through your life, continued success with um, not only your ministry in and out of the courtroom, Uh, with your clients and just all that you do but just continue um you know providing for your family and we we just really appreciate it nothing but the best to you and your family make sure your your wife stays healthy we'll be praying for her too so thank you dan i appreciate that absolutely so thanks for uh everyone out there for listening to the uh, move the beans podcast we really appreciate you listening and and as we've been talking about this whole podcast and as we kind of jumped into this new series called clarity in the chaos clarity is found in the person of Christ because understanding that he is in control and that God has your best interests in mind. So until next time, folks, pray that you are just enjoying the life that God has given you in Christ. And hopefully you've made that decision to follow him with your heart. Not only do you find forgiveness of sins, but also eternity in heaven and a full life here on earth in the midst of chaos, you can find that peace. So until next time, folks, have a great day and we will talk to you soon. Bye-bye now.